start yet? Okay, here we go. It's going. Hi, welcome to Sun Valley. First of all, this is I'm I'm back again for the first time uh, this summer. So, pardon my booties. Um, had surgery on my feet to remove some excess growth due to my ski boots rubbing too close to my bones. So that's why I'm hobbling around. But I'm here. I made it, and I'm feeling pretty good. I don't have a speech because I wing it. Um, because <laughs> I wouldn't want to keep doing this and getting lost. Um, but uh, as you know, I grew up here in Sun Valley, and um, this, is, this is very dear to me. When I touch down in an airplane, oftentimes I'll cry. And I've, I've kind of choked it by now, because it's, it's just so awesome to be home and feel like there's so much energy in this room right now. I'm picking up on it all, that's why. But uh, it's so beautiful here, and it's such like a nice place to remember when I'm gone, when I'm traveling, when I'm, when I'm you know, racing around the world. Um, to remember such a beautiful, like, serene environment to, to become at peace with yourself again, is, it's, a, it's a blessing. So I hope you all can take a little bit of that when you disperse back to wherever you go. <laughs> but, um, correction, my fastest speed is uh, 84 miles an hour. I was, I was clocked that this year at the U.S. National Championships by an actual policeman. Wrote me a ticket and everything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, he was a little—he was a little surprised when he when he came down. I said, you know, what was it? Because I was shooting for the guy's time, and uh, and he said 84, and I was kind of shocked too because I thought, wow, that was 84. I know I've gone faster than that. Whoa, that's scary. But <laughs> it's not always that crazy. There's some downhills that are really mellow and that you just kind of meander down them, and then there's other ones that are hairy and you, you know, and you're scared with your with your stomach and your throat in the starting gate. But um. Once you get going, it's, it you know, becomes habitual. It's like riding a bike or you know, whatever any of you guys are good at. You get up and you do it every day. It's, it's the same thing for me, so I don't see the, the craziness in it like, like you, but I can definitely understand. I see the, the looks on your faces when, when you watch me. And, um, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate. I'm a big, strong person. I was, I was born that way, I'm gifted, very talented, naturally. Um, and that's, you know, that's where that, that, that moment in time came for me when I, when I realized that... Um, you know, I was kind of being a punk, and I didn't really want uh, somebody telling me what to do with my time 24 hours a day every day, and um, I decided to kind of rebel against the ski team and see if I could be normal, because I was always real special, and I wanted to be normal. And um, so I started hanging out, and, you know, partying with my friends, and doing everything but my training, and um, when I showed up to camp, I had no desire to be there, and they were like, you out of here. And um, I got home and went, whoa, I could be just normal forever. And it scared me. And so I said, okay, I'll train. Because <laughs> I thought, I don't want to spend the rest of my life looking back going, what if I hadn't given it another shot? So I buckled down and I didn't talk on the phone. I didn't go out with my friends. I didn't do anything but study and work out and uh, watch the sun rise and set in the ocean, from the ocean and back into it for three months in Maui with my dad's thumb on me. And uh, it turned me around, and, and when I got there, I would have told you through the first month, this is, this is the worst, I hate this, I'm, I'm living hell. And when the, when, when, now when I look back on it after those three months, those were probably the best three months of my life, because I learned so much about me inside, and figured out how strong I am inside of me, and how in control I am of everything that I'm doing. Even when I'm going 85 miles an hour down the mountain, I'm in complete control, which seems ludicrous, but, it, but I am. That's, uh, that's something I think that I needed to do it, within me. I needed to, to find my control with, with my sport and with what I was doing. I was dedicating so much of my time and energy and it had changed from being really fun to, to work. And I had to figure out how to make my job fun. And um, you know, it wasn't too hard to kind of look around and look at how much more I have than other people. You know, like, especially people that are 
you know, that I'm born without an arm or, you know, the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top. It's, uh, you know, you look at those people and you think, gosh, I need to do like 10 times full to make up for what they never get to do. You know, and that's the kind of feeling I carry with me everywhere. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about, you know, what I dedicate myself to. And skiing is, you know, it's physical and, and it's something that um, it's easy for me to really express myself and really feel confident and aggressive and strong. And it gives me the ability to, to step away from that and try and feel, feel feminine and feel, you know, like a, like a girl and, and feel like just, you know, um, kind of whole. And, um, you know, having that, that, that ability is uh, something really special. So I just want you all to know I don't take it for granted. And um, this, is, this being here is so emotional for me. It's such a, a huge honor. When <laughs> last year I went to Budapest with Carolyn Earl holding. And, um, sorry, <laughs> they flew me over there in their, in their big old jet and um, <laughs> fed me the whole way and watched me sleep and we talked stories and we sang songs and Carolyn Earl said, you know, we're going to nominate you for the Academy for an award this summer, next summer in some valley and I just, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I started crying, I thought, I'm not worthy, <laughs> I'm not like a genius, I don't have like a you know, some horrendous IQ. I just ski. I'm just an athlete. And um, they explained to me that it's, you know, it's, I guess it's more than that. It's um, my ability to express myself so that you can live vicariously through me, I think, is the, is the key, especially for kids. Um, that's something that, that's huge with me. When I walk up to a little kid and just, you know, see the, the, the glimmer in their eye to even just get to look at me, um, is, it's so overwhelming and so pure and innocent. And, um, I can't, I can't turn away from something like that. And this just gives me, you know, this gives me the opportunity to, to, to walk through those doors and to, to touch people. And um, you know, that's, what, that's what it's all about. Because people touch me and affect me, and I want to give that back. It's a gift type thing for me. But anyway, um, winning the Olympics was the most incredible experience of my life. Um, I see a medal as a medal, gold, silver, bronze. It's a cream of the crop as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, I'm, I, I'm on a quest for gold, obviously, and I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't win it in Lilyhammer because I, I kind of need it to still shoot for. It's, it's the big thing that's still out there for me. I set, you know, goals, short-term goals, medium goals, and long goals, and then that big glimmering light out there that, that used to be the Olympics for me. And uh, now it's, you know, now it's more like, you know, singing the national anthem at a Super Bowl game or something like that. It's like my, my way out there. but. Um, but I'm still shooting for a gold, and um, this season I have uh, the World Championships coming up again in, in a place called Sestriere. It's in Italy. Uh, then the next season I've got the, the Olympics in Nagano, Japan in February. And then uh, I've got, the year after that, I've got the World Championships in Vail, which I'm looking to, to potentially end my career then. But uh, when we flew home from Budapest, having won the Olympics, um, brought them, helped bring them to Salt Lake City, uh, 2002. Isn't that far away? <laughs> Take a couple. <laughs> I just don't know what, I'm, what I'll do with myself. I'll have to take up like skydiving or something to, to fill in the void of the, the 85 mile an hour rush. Because uh, I can't do it on Baldy. They, 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 they're looking for me. <laughs> they stop me and go, we know what you're able, you know, we know what you're capable of, but so. 
I won't run any of you over, I promise. So um, I got five seconds, four, three, two, one, and um, it's question time. Anyone brave? Please move the microphone if you have a question or... By the way, congratulations, you guys. Way to go. <laughs> Anyone? No brave souls? One on stage. I got one. Okay. Does this work? Okay. Okay, my name's John from Northern Georgia, and I was just wondering, like, how many broken bones have you had? <laughs> well, I have two at the moment, one in each little toe, but um, actually I've only broken one bone in my body, um, the, the scaphoid, littlest bone in your wrist. You're a lot luckier than I am. Yeah, you've broken a lot? Well, no, but I would if I tried that. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot, a lot around my bones, too, big, strong bones and a lot of, a lot of mass around them, so I can take a pretty, pretty big digger and get up, luckily. So I've taken some good ones. <laughs> Anyone else? I blew my knee out in 1989, had reconstructive surgery on it. And, uh, and then this foot thing is really the only thing that's, uh, that set me back in, in skiing. You know, I mean, I say only, but you know, I learned a lot going through a knee surgery too about, about myself and how, how inner, you know, my inner strengths and what I was physically capable of and, and more so what I was mentally capable of. I think that's the thing I found the most in all of this is how mentally strong you can be. I mean, I went, I went last, this, not this past season, but the season before I won um, six, that's what that was. It's six out of nine World Cups in one season. I won six straight, five straight, six the first one of the next season. But I went into this season after having won all the races in a row, won, won the last five races of the season, won the title for the first time in the history of U.S. skiing or North America, men or women. And, uh, and when I went into this season, I was like, how am I going to top that? What am I going to do to better that, you know? And so I had to, I had to dig deep and find some strength that, that I didn't know was in there. And I keep doing it. I keep surprising myself. I've got a lot down in there, which, you know, and, and inspirations from here and there. And you grab, you know, spark, spark new little flames in you and, and get you going, too. You guys know that. I do it. I travel. I just kind of rob everybody's energy as I travel around and learn their languages and, speak, you know, eat their food and hang out in their, in their cultures and, um, that's something that's been an awesome experience for me too, is, is uh, getting to, to, to know the world. I really have, have made some killer friendships with people that are going to last a lifetime. Um, and I got some weddings to go to next summer in Europe, some competitors of mine that are hooking up and stuff. So it's, really, it's a really nice environment for us. Um, really nice, a nice atmosphere on the women's tour. We, we spend a lot of time talking and being friends and, and the camaraderie is definitely there with us and that, that's, um, that's heightening the whole level of, of the, the thing. So, any more questions? Uh, yeah, I was wondering, how do you train in the summer? I've looked <laughs> around and I've noticed there is no snow at this time of year. No, it's uh, we go into we go into cross training phase and um, and uh, in the in the spring I I enter what it's called an endurance phase and I spend um, a month and a half doing long distance type of things like biking, rollerblading, hiking, running if I can, uh, swimming, water skiing you know, playing really long games of some sorts, just lengthy stuff to, to build up an endurance base. And then you, as the season nears, you kind of narrow it down and go into more of a power phase. So with your weights, you start off in the spring at, you know, doing four sets of 12 reps. And by the time you end up at the season, you're doing five sets of four reps where you're just power, just, you know, stacking the weight on and you're going for it. So, so I do weights and then I just do lots of different activities. I spend, I have, I have three workouts a week that are really intense workouts that I, you know, that I hang my head low and go do and get over with. And then I have, you know, the rest of, the rest of my week to spend. And I, I spend a lot of time training for fun more so than, than actually specific for skiing because it's all, you know, it's all body motion. I do gymnastics and water ski and 
Um, I ride those crazy ramps on my rollerblades. I put my pads on and a helmet and everything, but I'm dropping in those, those vertical things on my rollerblades and stuff. Trying to find that rush is what I spend my summer doing, basically. <laughs> trying to re re replace that rush void. Anyone else? Out? Yeah? One more? I'm Aaron from Knoxville, Tennessee. What I wanted to ask is, do you ever worry that as you get older, how do you think that you'll be able to replace that 84 mile an hour rush you're having now? It's something I do worry about, yeah, often actually, and especially um, more lately, because it seems like it's been, it's been um, irking me more when the season en ends, because I spend four months just really intense racing, kicking butt, you know, it's intense. And then I, I'm, I get done and I'm on the beach in Maui going, you know? So I have to go jump like cliffs and things, but yeah, you spend those times thinking. <laughs> Clips into the water, <laughs> but um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you.